Welcome, everyone, to this latest episode of the podcast. My guest this week, Ms. Giselle E. Langton, director, stage manager, and producer. Ms. Langton has produced Rick Abbott's Play On, Larry Kramer's The Normal Heart, Charles Bush's The Lady in Question, Adtol Fagard's Master Held and the Boys in association with J. Austin Forsyth and the Little Carib Theater, Dan Coggins' Nonsense, Eve Ensler's The Vagina Monologues, and the award-winning production of Earl Warner's Man Talk in association with MSJ Productions. In a 32-year career, she has stage-managed countless presentations for drama, choral, steel band, and dance companies in Trinidad. She has also worked on numerous film and television productions, including Asha Lovelace's Joe Bell and America. Ms. Langton has been production manager for the Callaloo Company, notably for the carnival presentations of Pico Platt and The Sacred Heart. In 2007, she stage managed two back-to-back performances at Madison Square Garden for Marcel Montano's Resurrect, designed and directed by Peter Minchel. She is the holder of six Casico Awards as well. In 2003, Miss Langton made her directorial debut with Charles Bush's Shanghai Moon. In 2009, she was the production stage manager for Marcel Montano's first children's alternative concert, Boy Boy and the Magic Drum, directed by Mervyn DeGauche. She has served as an executive member of the National Drama Association and has been the coordinator of the Casica Awards Evaluators. Her television career began with television enterprises. For the television series Westwood Park, she has worked as script-slash-continuity and first AD. Miss Langton was also the producer for the creative concept company Cedar House Company Limited. In 2011, she was the stage manager for Heather Headley's concert Home at the National Academy for the Performing Arts. Miss Langton directed David Lindsay Abair's Rabbit Hole in November 2011 at the Trinidad Theater Workshop for Proscenium Theater. She was operations manager for the National Theater Arts Company from 2015 to 2016. Miss Langton has been the unit coordinator for the stage department at the Lord Kitchener Auditorium, or also known as NAPA, from 2012 to present day. Ladies and gentlemen, I, without further ado, Ms. Giselle E. Langton. And, he, oh yeah, here we go. Right. The, the official opening of the Fizzy Schweppes, not a sponsor, but it would be nice if they would be, the Schweppes Ginger Ale. Ginger Ale. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Richard, and I am here with uh, Giselle Langton, who is a longtime friend of mine here in Trinidad and Tobago. Uh, I first met her as a stage manager um, in 2000 or 2009? Hmm. Because 2000 was Panorama, and then 2009 was the Chogum, the... Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. Okay. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> this is long, off to a great start. Long ago. Long ago. But uh, right now we're sitting in, in her office at the, uh, the Lord Kitchener Auditorium. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Miss Giselle Langton. Da, da, da. Hello, Richie. Hello. Like Richard said, my name is Giselle Langton. I'm the unit coordinator at the Lord Kitchener Alderman Roberts Auditorium 
shortly known as Napa in Trinidad. And we have you've just finished your day. Yes. Uh, and uh, what was on today's to-do list? Well, actually, today we had a fire service inspection. Mm-hmm. So a couple of firemen came in, walked around the building just to give us some advice and to be able to get our fire things mm-hmm. under control. So things like um, make sure we have the signs, make sure we have high, um, what you call them, fire extinguishers, hoses, and stuff like that. Because we're moving towards, you know, better HSE. Mm-hmm. So we just have to make sure things are in place. Okay. And yeah. you have been with the, the building since it opened? No. I came here, I've been here seven years. Okay. The building is 10 years old. All right. Yeah. And, uh, but prior to this, mm-hmm. you have been a, a stage manager predominantly? Um, my theater career consists of, yes, being a stage manager, but I also um, co-founded a theater company. So I'm also a creative producer. And um, also director. All right, and uh, so let's 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 start going back into that because I knew you as a, as a stage manager, mm-hmm. um, and then as time has gone on, we've evolved into into the unit head yeah. director coordinator <laughs> multi labeled name that guy that guy yeah <laughs> uh, oh, that girl that that gal. <laughs> um, but, so you uh, so you did, so you started out as a creative. And you're still a creative. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, what was the what was the did, is that something you started when uh, you were in in school, or was it something that uh, came just it, naturally? It, you know, you got your friends together and. Hmm, that's a good one. Um, how did that? I, I don't know. I I got involved in theater, and because I just felt that. I looked at it and decided, you know what, that's something I want to do. Mm-hmm. Growing up, um, where I lived, we were surrounded by about five or six cinemas. Okay. And also um, near to us was also Queen's Hall mm-hmm. and Little Carib. And so I was always in that environment, that theater environment, that, that performance environment. Not as a performer, because I, that's not my, my strength as a dog at all. Mm-hmm. I can't learn lines. I tried. I really tried. It's I, horrible. It's like me and song lyrics. <laughs> it's, I, it's horrible. I can hum it, but after a while... It, you mean you're not a song and dance man? Uh, well, you know, I've <laughs> done it to get out of a few sticky situations. Yeah, but um, so when I took the step, the bold step, mm-hmm. I joined a company that existed at the time. Okay. And I went and I said to them, I want to be a part of this. Um, I don't want to act. I'll do anything else Mm -hmm. they did get me to do some acting stuff because I actually did something on TV and various things but um, I knew I wanted to be behind the scenes Mm -hmm. and control that because I found that like wow there's a lot of control behind there this is what I want to do because I don't want to be seen Mm -hmm. I just want to control things and be a part of what makes it work and which is what I enjoy and so um, I started there and then went into went on to bigger and better each time. My first really big show that I stage managed, I was sort of thrown into it. Mm-hmm. Slightly clueless. Um, dress rehearsal was horrible. Like, really, <laughs> I mean, horrible. Uh-huh. I cried. Um, the next day, the designers of the show, they took me aside and they, they were... They weren't, 
some of my mentors and they took me aside and said, okay, this is what we're doing. This is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right? And then, and I just grew from there. And I always wanted it to be challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and it's something I still want now. I'm, I like to do, okay, you could say there's an easy show, which is fine, but I also like to step into shows that I go, hmm, so how are we going to pull this one off? Yeah. I like that. I uh, I can definitely uh, I can definitely uh, uh, understand that 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 situation of the very first time you get thrown into something, and you you know everything you feel as though everything is coming at you. And, yeah. And and you're like I don't know what to do, and you panic, not only inside but you panic on the outside. And um, so the the these people that you said were mentors to you. Mm-hmm. Um, who, who were they? Well, um, Jeffrey Stanford and Claude Allen, who were the designers for the show, mm-hmm. they have since passed on, unfortunately. Um, they were very instrumental in me having a very high level of anesthetic mm-hmm. in terms of my work, a high standard of, of quality of what I do and how I do it. They, I mean, they drilled that into me. Mm-hmm. Um, another mentor was and is still um, Benny Gomes, mm-hmm. lighting designer, who I, he, I did several um, internships with him, mm-hmm. and he taught me a lot. He took me on this wing. Um, there were times when I wasn't really doing anything at the time, and he was working at Central Bank Auditorium, and he told me to come down, and they would, do, going from their maintenance into period into shows, so I was there when they took all the lights down mm-hmm. and we went through the lights and then I did follow spot, which at that point in time you had to go climb up some little wooden ladder mm-hmm. and lie down on the, this platform in the rafters with the follow spot. It was fun. At the time, I wouldn't do that now because <laughs> I don't know, I just wouldn't. But at the time, I really enjoyed it. Uh-huh. And um, back then too, audio was reel to reel. So doing audio, you know, you had to cut the reel, oh, slice yeah. it together. And um, another mentor, too, was um, Mervyn Degoge, who actually, he was he and I are the ones who came together and we had Mermaid Theater and we produced a bunch of shows mm-hmm. that um, were really cool shows for our society. Um, the kind of level of work we wanted to do, nobody else was doing it. Mm-hmm. So producing a show is always risky. Um, but the stuff we wanted, we had an audience. Mm-hmm wasn't a huge audience, so sometimes the shows financially weren't a success, um, but at least I was always very proud of the quality of work that we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, the, one of the, and I don't know if this is unique, mm-hmm. or um, the, you, you mentioned Central Bank, uh, and I have seen probably a more recent version of Central Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, Central Bank is located downtown Port of Spain. Yep. And it is, it is, not a not a proscenium theater. It is kind of a, I don't know what's the best way to describe it. The thing is, Central Bank when it was built, uh-huh. the auditorium is an auditorium. Right. Let's start with that. So it was built to be to facilitate whatever the bank functions that they would have, mm-hmm. conferences or whatever. And the governor at the time was very much into the arts. 
and wanted plays to be done there. Mm -hmm. So that governor was very instrumental in that happening. And so it started being used as an auditorium for performance. Mm -hmm. It doesn't lend itself to that. It could be slightly challenging because if you have a spiral staircase leading to a stage and you get up on the stage and three-quarter of backstage is filled up by a grand piano, mm -hmm. you kind of go, hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. We could have a problem here. Um, but people made it work. Mm -hmm. And it is, it is, it's a nice space. It is. It's and, a nice space. And UTT has, has used the space yes. for, for, for two shows, I want to say. Mm -hmm. um, I know that our, our late friend Edwin yes. um, uh, did more, probably the most shows in there in the, the, the time that I knew him Yeah. Um, in that space. And he always seemed to find a way to transform it into wherever the location needed to be or to make it, make it work. And I thought that was, I always thought that was one of his really special gifts was, yep. was what he could do. Mm -hmm. uh, so if anybody um, gets a chance after listening to this, you should look up Central Bank Auditorium. Is that what it is? Yes, Central Bank Auditorium. You'll find it. Um, I've had the opportunity to, to work in that space outside of school for uh, more, more, more or less music stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, I, I, I'm curious to know because it's not the first space that has been built in that kind of shape. So the, if anybody kind of imagining the room in their mind, it, it's, uh, there's a stage in kind of a, in a corner, but it's not square, it's triangular. Mm -hmm. Like the yeah. the audience is on one side, but the stage, it it comes to it's a point. It's kind of a slice of a pie. Yeah. Okay. There you go. And there the as the government has been building buildings and kind of consolidating mm -hmm. things, there's another space in the law building or the one of the government buildings. Um, the campus. That one. Yeah. The government campus. Government yes, campus. It's a space there where they built, kind of a a, a similar idea. Uh, of of that same space, and I, I'm curious to know. I mean, a lot of buildings here don't don't play on the idea of of the Western theater of a proscenium theater. Mm -hmm. I mean, Queens Hall is is the one that I know of. Naparima Bowl, which and then and now uh, uh, Lord Kitchener, mm -hmm. which which is the most recently built. You would say. I mean, yeah. I don't yes. think I don't think anything else has really been no. built as a proscenium theater. No. Um, have you have you found over your experience of time with the with the spaces here that um, people are not necessarily worried about is it a proper theater but just for a space to perform? Yes. Um, no, not, there's no worry about it. Okay, there is a worry about it in terms of is that a good thing or a bad thing? Mm -hmm. There's not a worry because this is what is available and we will make it work. Mm -hmm. So you want to do a play and also what is available because mm -hmm. um, at one point in time, Central Bank had plays happening back to back, full year of just plays because back in the day, like in the 80s into 90s, as a producer, you could have had a two-week booking. A tweak booking. Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, two week booking. Two weeks. Okay. And that means you could have done your play Thursday to Sunday, then Thursday to Sunday. You could have had eight performances. Mm -hmm. 
what eventually started to happen was that more demand came up. Mm-hmm. So the bookings got shorter. So everybody just got like a week. Okay. So it's kind of a move in, do your thing, move out. All right. Um, but the central bank, they made it work. Because there's a there's a, a, a feeling to the central bank that is very, you know, we'll dress up and we'll go to the theater. You know, <laughs> you know it, so does, it does. It, it lends itself to that. Yeah. You know, you feel kind of especially walking, you think, wow, I'm here. And, you know, and then you see a, a wonderful piece of work happening on stage and you think, this was a good night. Okay. You know, and each performance space has that its own feeling. Mm-hmm. Little Carib is very cozy. Oh, yeah. Little Carib is. Now, that space has gone through quite a few changes. Quite a few. In, in terms of, quite a few. of structural. And From the original to what it is now. Yeah. Um, it still can go through some more. But um, I think like a better backstage area is mm-hmm. needed. But then you need more land space for that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Queen's Hall, which is sort of like the grand dam mm-hmm. of theater. It's which it's so much history has gone through there. Oh, absolutely. I think in time, a lot of history will also come through here at Napa uh-huh. that you can look back at these venues and just think, wow. Yeah. Do you know, I know that um, there are fraternities of, of designers and fraternity of actors and fraternities of, and I don't mean like only male organizations. What I mean is like a, um, a community um, have you found is there a fraternity of stage managers here in which you all talk to each other and say this is what's going on or is it is it the kind of thing where you know it's there's a stage manager here someone calls themselves a stage manager but these are the people that are really stage managers do you find okay. in terms of a fraternity no mm-hmm um, actually, the stage manager at Queen's Hall and I talk often, mm-hmm. and quite recently we talked about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should come together as a group, starting with the stage managers of the established mm-hmm. performance spaces, mm-hmm. and then spread it out. Um, we haven't gotten anywhere yet with this. It's just, it's just an initial talk. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, but it makes sense. What are we getting together to do kind mm-hmm. of thing? Um in Trinidad, especially, I could talk about, um, it's kind of easy for people to give themselves titles. Okay. I'm a stage manager, I'm a director, I'm a this, I'm a that. And some people give themselves the title of stage manager, but they're not sure what the duties are. Mm-hmm. So they will get, you'll see them, they'll come in here, and they will be, I will ask things in a side visit. So, who's the stage manager? And they will, people will go... We're not sure. Mm-hmm. And we say, you need, I need to know. Give me a name because that's the person who is going to be running this. And they kind of say, well, it's a group effort. It can be a group effort. You can have several stage managers work on a thing, but just think that one. Mm-hmm. Identify that one person who is the most responsible, who will take the charge and go with it. Mm-hmm. So it's, I've seen it for a lot of people be a fallback kind of position. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I couldn't do this, so I just might as well be the stage manager. But do you know what it means? Right. Well, stage manager is to me is the is the captain of the ship. Mm-hmm. The it it ends and begins with them. They call the the first cue and they call the last cue. Yep. Um, 
why do why well, there 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 seems to be that the 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 technical arts or the design arts mm-hmm. however you want to look at it um, in some places don't seem to have like a good foothold they start maybe to get a little bit of traction and then it's a good idea but it kind of peters out um, and so now you got a lot of people taking job titles as you say that they're not quite aware of why do you do is it because there's not necessarily performance in school or people aren't quite sure what these jobs do and it's just it's just I don't want to say it's ignorance but it's just like not enough exposure I think what happens is that um, most people want to be seen mm. so or want to be popular or, or known so the first area they will gravitate towards is the performer mm-hmm. because they're the ones on stage and they're being seen everybody will be hey look so and so looks right um, and then they may say the director uh, apart from those two roles People going towards stage management, part of it would be an ignorance of they're not sure what it means. Mm-hmm. Part of it would be, well, you don't see them, so what could they possibly be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, um, which that's really ignorant because they do a lot. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, they run the thing. So um, I think it's just a matter of making people aware of what the role is. Um, but more important, I think, what it requires, because a lot of performers, I find, fall back on being the stage manager. But performers, they're a certain breed, mm-hmm. and they don't do well as stage managers. Okay. Because you put them in that role and they're there supposed to be running something and they're seeing other performers and then they're all like they lose focus okay and they don't deal with the stage management side of it because they're thinking oh should have been me or oh, i could do better than that or oh, i don't oh, know what is she doing oh no that's wrong right and then they forget oh i'm really supposed to be stage managing this thing here right. oh well so i don't know um it requires a special person because the commitment and the sacrifice is hard and high yeah, I agree. I I I have, I have found there's a handful of stage managers that I I would go to the end of the earth for, um, just because they've either had really great advice, they've been really great listeners, they've bailed me out when I've really messed something up. Um, production managers is even a smaller list. Um, oh yeah. But uh, I know that that's I that's a tough job. That I, as much as there are times where I have bemoaned my relationships with production managers, mm-hmm. um, I have found that it's stepping away from it. I go, you know what? Those are people who are really need, more most need of my compassion because they're 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 some of them just have it from both ends. Either they're getting something from above telling them one thing. And you got the people who they're trying to to get to do stuff, and you know they're getting static from that. So, uh, but let let's rewind the clock a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to um, kind of the earlier days, mm-hmm. uh, 
Trinidad, um, please correct me if I'm wrong, um, is, is a culture, has a certain culture of performance and presentation revolving around its, its heritage in terms of mass. Yeah. And that kind of out there in the streets or in the savannah kind of, kind of performance. Um, when you were growing up, coming up, mm-hmm. what did you find that kind of thing inspired you? Did you ever say, I would like to be part of just kind of that experience, but somehow theater came along? Because theater, it seems like the... the, the I, I believe that every culture has its way of telling its stories. Um, Europeans had the stage or the court because that those were the buildings that they had. Yeah. You know, sure there was the the pantomime and there was what was happening out in the in the street, mm-hmm. but you know what happened in the king's court or wherever wherever people they had buildings and places to go, and I find that I don't want to say it feels unnatural here. It just it feels like it hasn't kind of worked its way into the the the, the psyche of 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 Trinidad culture. Again, maybe I'm wrong. Mm, I don't you see Trinidad because we're so um mixed mm-hmm. ethnically mixed that you have so many different views that come into any one thing mm-hmm. that um to say that there's a style of Trinidad theater mm-hmm. you some people may think that could be Walker okay because he wrote a lot um stuff for Trinidadian actors. Um and he had Trinidad Theatre Workshop and a lot of his work came out of that. And his influ he had a lot of influence from Trinidad. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of writers that have have work um it's hard to, I don't know, it's hard to say if there's a Trinidad style. Mm-hmm. Um there are writers who are Trinidadians who will take from that and create work. Okay. Um, some of it would be period. A lot of it will be period pieces of a time. And it would be early 50s or before. So you could see, you would read it and you would think, yeah, this is not a modern piece of work. Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, what you would call a classic piece of work mm-hmm. that shows you Trinidad then mm-hmm. and the language would be slightly different the settings I guess a lot of the the settings as well would be lovely because it would be from a time that's gone mm-hmm. that and in an era that the world was different right as opposed to now some of it may not as be they may be worked as now that may be a little more angry now because of the times we're in mm-hmm. and that would could be a little more idyllic. Okay. In a way. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow we also had plays that had more music in them mm-hmm. before. Because now a reality exists that a musical is really expensive and not everybody wants to or is able to afford to venture into doing a musical mm-hmm. because you're talking about big cast, live music, musicians costumes, lights, all these different things and it's it's hard. Okay. It's 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 kinda hard. But um 
I think, yeah, maybe some people might say, yes, I know there's a trend art style and I can't, I can't identify what it is and it's this. For me personally, mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Because you can have all these different types of work coming from all over. So mm-hmm. maybe that could be the style. Well, I, I, I found that for me, it's, it's, the, it's the ingenuity. Mm-hmm. Where there's, I don't want to say people aren't phased. I think, you know, it's we all, we all react to to stresses and strains differently. Um, what may phase me may not phase you know the next person yeah. standing next to me. Um, I I found that not I think a lot of people rise to the occasion. I think that's 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 a really I think that's a great trait no matter where you go. But I found that I tend not to have too much of an issue where it's like, you know, the ho- that, I never get the feeling that the house is burning and we're all going to run out. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, well, we'll deal with it. We're going to go with it. Okay, you go do this. and you People step up, whether they are cognizant of it or not. Um, I, I always find that um, refreshing. Uh, but so talking about... Um, not only that style, but mm-hmm. the technical arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, how have you f- seen them change over the years? Has, has it, I mean, it's it being being on a being where we are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not like you know we can go down to the the, the, the corner stop. Uh, there's like a, a a shop that you can necessarily go get your expendables from, for yeah. example. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a little bit of a process. Um, things are, I mean, we're not going to get the latest greatest right away, but in time, it, it comes along. Um, I mean, the this building alone mm-hmm. has seen some Herculean changes. Yeah, but it's come at some 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 time. Queens Hall seems to have their their thumb pretty well placed on keeping relatively relatively current. I mean, it's not like we're in the Stone Ages here yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, well, this is a, a, a <laughs> well, well, civilized uh, yes. country, so this isn't like... We don't know. wear grass skirts, people. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. Come on. Come on. That's the next island over. <laughs> no. Uh, but uh, uh, that's, the, you know, I've, 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 I, one, of the, one of the projects that UTT did was called Searchlight, and it was to go to some of the different little schools and say, this is what theater is, mm-hmm. and this is what we do, because we were, we're trying to get kids to come and participate in theater production that is offered by UTT. Yeah. And uh, you go into the government schools, and it's all, they're all pretty uniform. Yeah. Right. Sound is always key. They always seem to have a, a, a pretty good little sound system. And, yes. And can do things like that. Yeah. But when it comes to lights, it's whatever the hall lights yeah, are. Yeah. Or they may have, you know, I got this from here and I got this from here and they don't right. really work together, but hey, who cares? Exactly. <laughs> it, it works. And uh, I went to, we went to one of the, the older uh, Catholic, Roman Catholic schools. Mm-hmm. And... My my general curiosity. I walked. They, they had a little audit, They had a little stage auditorium, mm-hmm. and they had old strand dimmers right. and old strand lights. Okay. But these are things that are rusty and crusty and, and haven't been used yeah. in, in forty years. Yes. But they exist. Yes. Um, part of that is probably because of the Trinidad's connection to 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 the British. Mm-hmm. You know, because Strand was a a, a European company. Yeah. 
Um, I guess the the long way around in the this whole whole thing was. Um, do you feel like there's there's been good change and that people are coming along with that change, like technically? Yeah. Um. Hmm. That that's that's an that's a doof. That's a doozy of a question. Um. Yes, there has been change because, um, for instance, Little Carib. Mm-hmm. Little Carib Theater, the lights there used to be the floodlights that you had in your garden mm-hmm. that were put into milk tins that you have a light. And you put those up and you shine it the best you can. And that was your right. light? That was the light. You had different color lamps. Mm-hmm. You got different colors on the stage. And the carp has now gone into a light board, mm-hmm. and they have real lights. Um, we have progressed in terms like that. You know, theaters have follow spots. We have grand Emmys, you know, light boards and stuff like that, which is always good. The equipment, it, to me, is never the issue, you know. Mm-hmm. The issue is always the people, because you can have the best light board, you can have the best audio board and it could sit there because either nobody knows how to use it mm-hmm. or they have a limited knowledge of what the board can do so you'll get lights up lights down right right so if if the resource that is the people mm-hmm. is interested enough and hungry enough to want to not only just do work but be do good work mm-hmm. and be better each time that is what we need to change. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can have lighting designers who will just be like, um, yeah, I'll throw up lights on, map this run around, lights off, thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Or you can have lights on, I have a mood, I have day, I have night, mm-hmm. I have, you know, warm, I have cool, I, you know, I want the audience to feel some sort of pain and whatever now, and the lights can do that. The sound can create that. But so those people need to understand what they're working on. They need to be a like mind with the director mm-hmm. for it to happen. And um, I'm not sure it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I've seen it happen unintentionally. Mm-hmm. I would like to know that in the unintentional moments that the people are aware of what just happened. So that you ha- you know you keep that in your little mind closet and goes right so the next time I come up to this kind of opportunity I'll be like oh I remember when that happened and how people felt and what it did because then I can not just recreate that but Mm -hmm. put another layer on top of that so like yeah technicals we're okay with the technicals we could be better Mm -hmm. because once again everybody can give that themselves a label Mm -hmm. I'm a lighting designer yeah what did you light well, yeah, <laughs> and you're like, no, that doesn't count. You well, know? well, we we had that conversation the other day because we were talking about someone. You had mentioned a name, mm-hmm. and you said, "Do you know this person?" I said, "Boy, that name sounds familiar." And I, I, I found out who that was, and I'm like, "Yeah, that person isn't exactly what, you know." Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's, you know, say you're part of a a, a group, and everyone kind of is like, "Who wants to be this?" Okay, I'll give it a try. Yeah, and again, that's fine. But you that don't is want, fine. But you don't want that for the group that comes into 
the Napa building, which is a, was it, 2,000 seat auditorium? Um, 1180. 1180, okay. Yeah. Why do I keep thinking, it, it, it's all those red seats. <laughs> it's all those red Standing seats. Standing room only. <laughs> yeah, um, I, it's tough. Uh-huh. I think because um, my version of getting to where I am mm-hmm. in the beginning was uh, that I looked at what was out there. Mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to join that group because I not only liked what they were doing, I saw in my little young mind's eye that there's a level of talent there that I want to be surrounded by. Mm-hmm. And when I got involved, I was like, wow, yeah, I could learn a lot here. And so by the time, yes, when I got to do my first big production as a stage manager, it was a hot mess dress rehearsal, but I already had a foundation of, of strong foundation that got me through it. Okay. And I was, I, my a big piece of advice I will say is that if you want to get involved in the theater or the performance world, you have to surround yourself by people who know mm-hmm. and who know the right thing. Mm-hmm. So that once you know the right thing, if you're going to commit the wrong thing, you know what is right. Mm-hmm. So you know that, okay, I'm going to do this this way. I mean, I'm aiming for the same result, but because maybe of lack of resources, mm-hmm. I have to go this way instead of going straight in the right way. So uh, that's an interesting thing you say about resources because I... It, you, we've heard that, you know, you've got um, uh, champagne ideas, but you have a beer budget. Yeah. And I think people get hung up on, well, why aren't we getting this? Mm-hmm. And, they, so, and when you point them out, look, this is, the, this is the reality. This is the resources I have. They, they I don't want to say they bristle at it or they get angry at it. They just, it, it's very difficult for them to accept that the thing that they imagine in their head, the grand whatever it may be yeah. is not really going to come out the way that they expect it. Because I, I say, I, I've, I've heard um, uh, a lighting designer say, uh, light, lighting designers live in, um, our, our, what is it? Uh, oh, I forget how, how it was put. And I'm putting myself right on the spot. Um, uh, lighting designers live lives of, of quiet dissatisfaction. Because they're never gonna go, get, yeah, they're never, never gonna get what that. Oh, but they probably do. Oh, eventually but, they do. But and mm, yes, yeah, I think once you're involved in this industry, mm-hmm. that can go. That feeling can go across the board because you can um, have a piece of work, mm-hmm. and. And you read it and you think, wow, yes, I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then you, so, you, know, you start to read it on a different level. And then you realize, oh, my God, this calls for so many. There's this, there has to be lightning. And there has to be a boat coming in from upstage left. And then there's an army of people coming across. And then you think, um, okay, well, how are we doing that? Because uh, we don't have a boat. Yeah, we, <laughs> and do, we, do we have a stage? And we don't have an army. And um, uh, could two people make an army? I don't know. Right. Maybe we could try something. Um, so... Sometimes you have to, that's when imagination and creativity comes in. Mm-hmm. Because you can sometimes create those things without being having that physical boot. I mean, some, that's why 
abstract work can happen mm-hmm. because you could insinuate a thought and, and, and the mind will go, oh, yeah, I see the boat. There was no boat, but I saw the boat. I felt that there was a boat there. Right. But if you want to go literal and go for a real boat, well, then, yeah, maybe you need a ton of money and the pe- right people around you so they can build the boat. Yeah. The boat can move properly. The boat wouldn't fall apart. Right. <laughs> you right. know? It'll survive. It'll survive 12, you know, 12 performances or yep. however long it is. I think that's the other real shame is that, you know, a, a lot of weekend shows. There's not a lot of things that run for six weeks. Oh, not in Trinidad. Yeah. Not in Trinidad. And how, how, how do you think that's um, influenced about, about people's perception of what theater is? Because if if the in if, terms of what well if 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 every theater show mm-hmm. is only a weekend long yeah you know it's re- it, it's really hard to get a lot of people to see it like it, it theater comes and goes very very quickly. yeah it's, it's in it's in and out very quickly but if something sat down for four weeks a month at Queens Hall yeah you did a um, uh, a show that's you know eight shows a week. And and they did it. Do you think that the, there there would be an audience for it? Do you think people would gravitate, or do they say that's that's just not our thing? We we like a lot of variety. I think it starts with the fact that producers can't afford to have a show run mm-hmm. that long. Okay. Um, because the rental mm-hmm. will be ridiculously high. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to have a mindset will think be that um, it must be a big show, okay, for it to be able to run that long to make sense, okay. So you can do a two hander for four weeks, right, in a space like Queens Hall or worse yet in Napa. Um, so you'll need to do something big and grand and bright and lovely, and the rent might be prohibitive. Um, the all you have to really hard sell that, mm-hmm. so that means you have to the advertising has to be constantly in right. your face and in a kind of a you must see the best show of the year, right? Which is it's all it comes down to money. It all comes down to money. Yeah, because because Broadway has Broadway. Let's use Broadway as an example because it's a prominent one. Yeah, I mean ninety percent of those shows don't make their their money back, no. or they close or. Yeah. You know, they the econ- the economics are just not there, but people still go and do it. Mm-hmm. And where they make their money, some do anyway, is they go out on tour. Yes. Right. You know, I mean, this is this country isn't big enough to have a. Is it, that's the thing. I, um, Broadway can work because it's in America. America's huge. Um, you have all these states. Once it's finished on Broadway, you go on that tour. Um, you have school productions of it, mm-hmm. according to what it is. In Trinidad, we have what, 1.4 million people. Limited um, performance spaces mm-hmm. that can have, let's say, anything. Um, so there are all these different things that come into play where people may be willing and wanting to have something run for more than a week or more than a weekend, but then reality steps in of, will it make sense? Mm-hmm. Will people continue to come? Right. 
how how long after the first after the, how many performances do you have to get under your belt before people say, well, okay, we've had enough for you, mm-hmm. or we've all seen it, right. even if it's repeat, um, mm-hmm. people seeing it. There comes a time when who is going to take that risk? Mm-hmm. The strange thing is, um, I feel if a foreign production came to Trinidad, mm-hmm. like a huge show, mm-hmm. it may work. Okay. Um, because the risk may not be as big for them. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate, but I feel that they will, there will be corporate Trinidad will probably jump at the chance to be involved, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Why so? Be- because it's hard to get corporate assistance for your own local stuff because you go to people and they're like well I don't know the theater I'm not sure don't feel in it there's always a story mm-hmm. but if I I can bet if a foreign production came to Trinidad mm-hmm. people will be clamoring over themselves to get involved mm-hmm. it's just for some reason the right confluence of events hasn't brought something down here because what was it last uh, had to have been last year um, was there uh, the circus came into town of all things mm-hmm. every and, now and again we get a circus yeah and sat down um, out by uh, Hazley Crawford Stadium oh that one yes there was one before that okay that was um, in King George V Park and that was there for what that was there for all of the August holidays yeah for like two months right yeah. Now, obviously, that's not that's performance, absolutely, mm-hmm. and there was an audience for it because it was that vastly different. Now, I don't know who supported it or what money came in for it or, or things like that, but some some group said we're, we want to. Now, I think they were out of South America, Central America. I think I I don't know. I, I think it's South America. South America, some sort of yeah. confluence of, mm-hmm. of different things, which which. Uh, but you see, that also appealed to families. Well, that's true. Um, theater tends to appeal to adults in Trinidad. Okay. Or they don't really, and even some shows that are not generally just for adults, but people don't push the fact that hey bring your kids mm-hmm. kind of thing um, so then you cut down your audience size there one time and and anything like a family thing if you really push the family thing mm-hmm. it can work okay because people just you know parents bring all the children they sit down you have a good time right like hey this right. is wonderful it, it's an Thank afternoon in the in the cool and you know kids get excited and you know, it's, you know, they wear themselves out. And but I think there's also an issue of um, letting people who are not involved in this world mm-hmm. understand that there's a lot of work that goes into what you see when you come to the theater. Mm-hmm. The show doesn't just fall from the sky. That is true. A lot of rehearsal went on. Mm-hmm. You know, costumes had to be made. Makeup, you had to get makeup. Lighting design had to be worked out. Sound design had to be worked out. It had to be directed. You had to get the actors. You had to rehearse. Mm-hmm. And you had to get to a level that you think, 
all right, yeah, when we're opening, two weeks, no, three months, whatever it is, we will be ready. And that dress rehearsal night, we are ready, and we're ready to go. And when the curtain rises on opening night, ta-da! And people think, oh, my God, yes, it's great. And it's the most amazing thing. Most amazing thing, and they think it just happened yesterday. Right. And you're like, right. no. You have no idea. <laughs> no, a lot of work. So when, you know, you put a ticket price at uh, whatever you put it at, people uh, need to understand that you're paying for... A, that covers a lot of work. Uh-huh. It pays for a portion of so, it. So, and that's the thing. It doesn't even yeah, pay for everything. Right. So that people complain, you know, about the ticket price and all these sort of things. Like, wow, you know, come on. That's, here, Stop that. Okay, here, here's, here's something that I, I have observed, and, and maybe I'm just not in the right town, the right place, mm-hmm. but, you know, Trinidad prides itself on its, on its mix of, of cultures, mm-hmm. and I know that, that there are three predominant ones. Yeah. Um, the, Afro, the Afro-Caribbean, the Indian, and the Chinese. Yeah. Um, don't tend to see it, it feels like I, I I can't even even begin to put my finger on where a Chinese Trinidadian theater group might be somewhere I don't even think it exists here um, and I would say have... the same thing about sort of uh, the the, the uh, like a, a group that's much more Indian esque because like Diwali Nagar mm-hmm. or Diwali when that comes around yeah they have they have a big Performance in celebration of yeah. uh, of the holidays and mm-hmm. things like that, but I can't. Like I said, I couldn't begin to tell you where I would go see Indian theater. No idea. And I, right there in the Divine because um, there are groups mm-hmm. that are specifically made up of of certain ethnic um, ethnic groups mm-hmm. that do specific work. There are there. Much of this still exists, but there used to be a Chinese arts group, mm-hmm. and they did work about Chinese culture. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I worked with them once. It was quite interesting. There was a Chinese um, steel band at one point in time. Okay. Because there's a, um, I don't know if you know, just further up from Queen's Hall, yeah. there's the Chinese Arts Association. I've, I've seen the building. Right. Um, there, there are certain groups that do Indian-oriented work. So they do, um, they have the dances and, and the full costume, everything, mm-hmm. and they're specific to that. What is interesting in Trinidad is that you will see, in the middle of that group, you might see a Negro person. They'll be like, hey, mm-hmm. okay, yes, I'm in Trinidad. <laughs> Got to remember that. In the middle of the Chinese group, you will see somebody else mixed up in you know some other culture mm-hmm. and so it was probably start off as specific to an ethnic group mm-hmm. because we're trying to it'll get mixed up and all and all mushed up because that's just kind of who we are mm-hmm. that's one of our strongest points and we have kind of lost it along the way okay um politics has invaded it somewhat yeah that's that always seems to be the the thing that gets in the way is a, you know something that happens naturally yeah you know it's just proximity we're, we're all kind of rubbing shoulder to shoulder here and I know with or at least I see it more with uh, the, the pan orchestras mm-hmm. 
you know, you'll see... Oh, some of every, anything. Yeah, you'll yeah, see anything yeah. and everything. Yeah, young, old, it doesn't matter. It's just everybody in there. Yeah, but when it comes to... Which is interesting because when the steel band first started, it was only men. Mm-hmm. And it was considered sort of like gangster, <laughs> you yeah. know? Uh, it uh, was rough. And no parent, from what I understand at the time, wanted their daughters, their wives, their sisters, no female mm-hmm. was allowed to be, to be to play pan mm-hmm. because that was just, it was violent. It was just, you know, no, you're a respectable girl. You're not going to get involved in that. Stay away. Don't even get involved with a steel band man because no, 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 no. And now we have female players, we have female arrangers, we have females uh, managing steel bands. It has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. How how is it how has it changed for you as as a person in, in the in the technical field? Because the the other person that I know um, is Celia Wells. Celia Wells, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, a lighting designer extraordinaire here here in Trinidad. Um, it's uh, you know I mean I don't want again my exposure is limited because mm-hmm. I I don't have a lot of time necessarily to see everything and do everything and and whatnot. Um, but how do you find yourself, because you said in the pan yard, it was very male dominated. It was male dominated. Yes. But over time it's, it's gravitated to, to be much more all inclusive. Did you find that, I, I, I couldn't imagine anyone saying a bad thing about you. I could. (laughs) Okay. All right. But, (laughs) but I, did, did you go through a lot of that having to be like, look, look fella, I can do this job. I'm just as 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 um the thing is once I um got past that first big show uh-huh um at that point in time there were many stage managers around who were fully stage managers hmm. because um I I went through a period of I did theater and I also did TV. I worked in a production house. So mm-hmm. I, I juggled the two worlds. And then after a while, because the theater was happening in a big way for me, I did that alone. And at that time, um, people calling themselves stage managers was a tiny group. Because mm-hmm. like I said before, people kind of, were put into the role, you know, we're doing this thing and we need a stage manager. Oh, hey, look, Bill over there, come over here and stage manage this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, so um, I'm going to be the stage manager and we're doing this. No, it was, it didn't happen a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was fortunate enough that I got to work with a, nearly like every company that was around at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was continuously doing something okay. until I decided to get really picky and choosy. And then I wanted to do my own thing. <laughs> right. and I wanted to produce. Right. So then that's when I went off and put on my producer hat. Right. But um, even to today, there still is, I don't know, there's a small group of that people, that's what they do, uh-huh. who are fully committed to doing that. Right. It will, it's mostly a sideline. I have my real job. And in the nighttime, I will stage manage something. Well, I, I, I know that for, like myself, when I first started out, um, 
I, I started, I did summer theater and then I got a job as a, as a, as a carpenter after that. And when that went south on me, I did that for a year and that was the wrong job for me. I was in the wrong place. Yeah. I, uh, I came back to, to, to Chicago and I had to hustle, um, you know, job here, job there, things like that. Um, and I watched a lot of my contemporaries. You see this more in, with, with actors where it's, they have a day job and then they perform at night. Mm-hmm. Technicians have some, have similar experiences. Um, I find that the demands on technicians though tend to be a little bit more consuming where it's yes. like, where it's like if you're building a set, it's not like you can only build from this time, you know, Five at night to, to, to two in the morning. I mean, we, we've all done that. Yeah. But it's it seems to be like it takes a little bit more of your life. And it's that balance of trying to make money and keep doing the thing that you want to do is, mm-hmm. is tough. Um, I mean, people, people do it all around the world, maybe to varying degrees of success. Because mm-hmm. um, I know that folks here, yeah, I mean, it's all about I need to make my money. Yeah, you know, if if I, I'll do theater on the side and whenever I can. Yeah, you know. Yeah, um, it's uh, uh, you know, I I don't think about it anymore, only because, it's just not my not my hustle anymore, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I I have a, I've worked myself into a full time job, and this is what I do, and mm-hmm. I teach, and, I found myself gravitating away. From, I mean, I don't mind running shows. I just I, I can't imagine running a show for twelve weeks anymore. Mm-hmm. I, mean, yeah. I just like I don't I don't have the mental patience for it anymore. I I I don't want to say I, I fell asleep during shows, but I would have to entertain myself after a certain point. Whoa. Well, it, it's it's it was one of those things where if unless the, if, if the show was really engaging, mm-hmm. I could sit there and watch it. I would watch it over and periodically I'd go and mindfully do something else, you know. Um, and you know none of this can be used against me because I don't have those jobs anymore. But somebody should call you tomorrow. Yeah, I'll get. I'll get. A, what did you do? Um, but I, I mean, I've I've read a book. I've I've you know done you know, played cards, done something else, just mm-hmm. to kind of like I said, because there's a point where like stage managers have the uh, most amazing focus because that's well, yeah, because you can't be playing cards while the show going on. Going, oh, missed that cue. Sorry about that, buddy. No, 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 no. <laughs> but, but I remember, I remember uh, watching uh, August Osage County mm-hmm. at Steppenwolf um, for the twelve week run of that. Right, and just this show was always good, and it was just like, oh my god, I, I you know, just watch it and watch it and watch it and watch it. But we used to do some shows that were. I don't want to say duds, but it was just, it was hard to be interested in, you know? And yeah, I, there, yes, yes. For a show that is not going to stimulate you mentally mm-hmm. to work on that for a long time, it's, yeah, that's a test. That's some kind of penance that you're, you know, paying for some sins that you committed. Yeah. <laughs> Either in this life or a life to come. Oh, I, 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 I've sat through, I've sat through shows where, it's just like, can can we please can we can we end this soon? I mean, you know, the audience is kind of into it, but you know, yeah. we could say, oh, you know what, halftime. All right, we're done. The good thing, probably, I guess, about internet, the short run, uh-huh. is that at the end of it, you 
could generally go, I'm going to miss this. Yeah. You know? So it doesn't get to the point of, of ever, of, um, oh my God, when does this ever end? Uh-huh. It ends after, you know, if you get in, according to the show, some, if a producer is lucky enough that they can have a two-week booking, then you could probably get in eight to ten shows. Mm-hmm. So, by the tenth show, you t- if it's a good show that you and you really liked it, you could find yourself going, "Oh no, don't so go away." And, and it's for me sometimes it's the show, not so much the people. Uh-huh. But if I'm doing a show and the piece of work I really like, I would be like, "Yeah, boy." And if it's sort of like a musical, days later you'd be like, you're doing songs and, you know, and it stays with you for a while until, mm-hmm. well, the next thing comes along. Right. When I first started, it was the other, it was the people. Mm-hmm. You do a show and, you, you know, this, that instant click and bond thing that happens in shows and you're like, oh my God, it's coming to an end. Yeah. I'm going to miss you. And then it ends and you, some of them you don't see again. Yeah, yeah. And some of them you may see and say, hey, last week, remember all this time now we were doing this and they're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it, um, as you get older, uh-huh. it changes mm-hmm. in terms of um, I look forward to doing shows I want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't have to hustle like I used to mm. back in the day when you're just like hustling from one thing to the next. I'm like, and I, now I, um, I've gone from doing a lot of shows in one year to hand-picked shows in one year. Mm-hmm. And I have some, some regulars that I do. And the strange thing is that I do more dance shows now than theater I'm trying to remember the last actual theater show that I did. I do more music and dance. I thoroughly enjoy dance shows. I and I'm like, hmm, don't remember. <laughs> I I I have found, and I, I don't know if this is just me getting a little bit older, mm-hmm. but I find them freeing in some way because it's it's a lot of expression. It's not. Yeah. I don't. I, I mean, I like plays. I enjoy plays. I've done yes, a lot of me plays, too. Mm-hmm. but. Having been having going into doing what little design work I do anymore, yeah, um, that I found dance was like here. Let's try this. Let's see with that, you know. Um, I don't know. I I agree. I there's something about dance performance. Yeah. That that um, um, speaks, but speaking of of performances mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you are going to do it this year but you've done it in the past What's is that? panorama the big stage the big yeah. the big Savannah stage mm-hmm. and my first experience with it was in 2000 mm-hmm. and I I freely admit that I made so many mistakes I'm amazed I was allowed back in the country a decade <laughs> later they but, forgot <laughs> oh I thank goodness for short memories um but that was awful. That w- that was a real shock of reality mm-hmm. at that time. Part of it was the produ- between the producers, myself, and you know some of the other players that were in it. Mm-hmm. It was poorly coordinated. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a mess from from beginning to from beginning to end. It was the type of mess where they were trying to get me out of the little apartment that I was staying, and I said, "There's no way I'm leaving." What, what did you do? What was your function? My function was I was brought in to help with with lighting. Right. And uh, it was set it up, make it work. Yeah. The producers purchased theater theater dimmers, mm-hmm. like the ones that you would install permanently. Right. It wasn't what it is today where it's a bunch of rock and roll touring stuff. Right. That they put truss up and they yeah, do all this. Yeah. Thing. Now this is the old the old grandstand. The the new one is what, eight years old? Seven years old? Mm, maybe a little more. I'm not sure. Well I'm anyway, sure. in two thousand it was it was the previous one. Okay. Okay. And uh, and they had bought Italian, or they rented or bought, or I don't know where they got it, mm-hmm. but Italian um, lighting instruments. Mm-hmm. These big yellow Italian lighting instruments. And color scrollers right. for, for these things. Yeah. And we had to set them up. And I said, well, this is kind of how I, I knew how to do it. Mm-hmm. And... That was, they got baked by the sun. I mean, they just got destroyed. I mean, it just melted all, all the hell. Yeah. And then we couldn't figure out the electricity, because I had never hardwired or never wired dimmers, a dimmer rack. Mm-hmm. And we destroyed it. We, we obliterated it, because wow. it was just, because it was the type of rack where the first 24, again, this is all we learned later. Yeah. The first 24 were um, 2.4K, the next section were all five k, and then it went, and it was just it was just all destroyed. Yeah, that it sounds was, like a nightmare. Oh, it was, it was, it was. I, I, I remember my one of my lowest points was working through the night, mm-hmm. and I, at that time, they didn't have really great security, mm-hmm. so there was a fella who had to spend the night with the gear, and he saw me sitting there. He was just hanging out. And he's, he got a piece of cardboard, put it down, and said, you need to go to sleep. And I slept in the savannah, uh, in the grandstand, yes. for, for, for a night. But it was like, this is, that was a reality you, you don't pay for. It. Yeah. That, that's something where it's like, this is, are you sure you really want to do this? <laughs> you know? But you see, you, you don't know situations like that until you get into them. Right. It's the problem. Which... It's not really a problem to me. It's it's those are learning curves that are valuable in life. Mm-hmm. Because for me, you you, it's necessary to have those horrible horrible moments, so that you can appreciate the wonderful ones. Because also until you can learn from them in terms of okay, this went so horribly wrong, mm-hmm. and this was just somebody should have at some point in time say stop. Nobody did. But it happened, and it did happen. Oh yeah, that's the thing. Those moments, they do, they come to an end, mm-hmm. and then you a year later you can look back and say, "Ooh, that was a rough one." Oh yeah, I, I mean, it certainly didn't cost anybody their life. Right, exactly. Nobody got hurt, Nobody but got I hurt. mean, it happened under the most grueling circumstances, and I'm sure now in 2019 you can look back on that, and if you were going 
to put in the situation similar to that now. Mm-hmm. You know so much more now. Oh, oh, And you absolutely. can handle yourself better now. Oh, absolutely. That you can come out of it not as, as traumatized. I, I, I believe that um, rare is the person that, you know, can, can get it in the, in the first try. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I know that people coming out of school now are very savvy. I mean, they have some, a lot of information that they have. They, they've never known a world without computers kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, they have so much at their fingertips. And I'm not, you know, shaking my little fist and saying, dang, you kids. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no, no, no. Because I, 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 I can't believe the time has passed. But uh, uh, it's, it's really, it's, I, I don't want to say we, we're, it seems like we're trying to nerf the world a little bit too much. And I think, well, I, I don't know. Maybe, In what way? I, I think that, or maybe it's just ignorance. They're, they're just ignorance of suffering. Like, hey, we're going to go do this. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going to go do this. And we do it. And, oh, it's the greatest experience in the world. Because someone didn't say, yeah, by the way, did we mention that you're going to have trouble paying your rent and you're going to have trouble maybe keeping the heat on and you don't know where your next sandwich is going to go? Not in, like you're going to be destitute, but like if, you, if you're in New York City, I mean, you've got to know a lot of things to, mm-hmm. to survive in New York City. Mm-hmm. Chicago, uh, where I'm from, that general area, I always viewed it as the city where you could, you could survive. You, rent wasn't so outlandish at the time. Mm-hmm. And you could, you could make your way. You could make a living up, uh, up to some point until you established yourself in such a way. And, you know, I wouldn't trade the experiences I've had. I mean, those mistakes define who I've become. Yep. I, I think it's, it's not until you get past, say, like 35, mm. <laughs> when you, you yourself have settled down and you go, wow, I never planned this far. I never, I, this never crossed my mind that I would continue to, I'm always amazed at those people who, who can be like, oh yeah, I knew I was going to do this the whole time. I knew I was going to be a designer. I knew I was good at sound. I knew I was going to be at this. Well, well, hmm, because once I got, like I said, I, um, once I made that decision, that was it for me. And, um, it was not a popular decision with other folks. Well, yeah, I you know, yeah. Uh, because be, there was. Are you that. sure you don't want to be a doctor or a lawyer? No, because I can't. I don't have that mind. Yeah. Um, I'm not. In in terms of of. What do you call it? Um, academic. Mm-hmm. I'm not academic. My brain doesn't function there. Okay. Uh, my brain will explode. However, there are things. And what I do that I get told, tell, I tell people, this is not a job. This mm. is my life. Mm. And the day that I made the decision that the first decision was I'm going to get involved in this world. Mm. And I did that. And when I was in it, I was like, wow, this is some of what I thought it would be. Mm. And it's so much more. Oh, yeah. Because when it's when it's down and dark, it's down and it's dark. But when it's shining bright, it's like the most glorious thing ever. Mm-hmm. And then when I the next the step was to, I'm going to let go of the other stuff, and do this, full time. Mm-hmm. 
And um, like I said, it was not popular with family and, and, and some friends because of like, um, you need a real job. Oh, oh, You need yeah. a real life. Yeah. How are you going to survive? Yeah. And at the point in time, I was doing really well because like I said, I was working with all the top companies in the country and I had constant work. There did come a time when it got really hard, mm-hmm. like really, really hard. And I was like, wow, what is going to become of me? And ended up, you know, working for the drama association as the secretariat. And then to, we had to work somewhere else. And then I worked with my brother for a little bit. And that's when I stepped away from it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because it was... There, there were these... There was this politics that was brewing within the fraternity and mm-hmm. because I um, wanted things to be clean and clear and, and fair mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't like that so they tried to you know say things about me and whatever and I was like whatever so I stepped away All right. and but I looked I was still there I was going to I went to shows I got involved I saw things and then when I came back I came back with a vengeance, because then I came to work here. And um, I saw working here as being a wonderful opportunity for me to share all that I know mm-hmm. with that background of a stage manager, producer, a director that I can bring to this job. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I, I went through a similar experience, but part of it was my own doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I did myself no favors. Mm. You know, I got in my own way. I, but I also had no, I don't want to say but, because it's not, it's not a but. I got in my own way, and I had a huge case of burnout. Uh, oh, burnout is bad. I, well, yeah. it was, I, keep doing this, 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 keep doing this. Okay, you've gone from the stress of theater to now you're doing television. And I made, again, I, I've sought out a lot of the, the folks that I had worked out with at some point there, and I have apologized to them. I said, I am sorry for the person that I was. That was not, that was a bad version of myself. And I'm not, again, I'm not proud of it. Mm-hmm. The, the challenge was I had a forced year of having to reflect on what is it that I'm really wanting to do? Because mm-hmm. it was a gentleman named John Shanoff who is retired at, at, this, at, at this time now. He used to run the, the Piccolo Theater in Evanston, Illinois. And through a, a confluence of, of events, we ended up talking. It was, very, it was a very funny conversation because we were both meeting and we weren't talking about the same thing. He thought I was there to, to, to sell him something, and I was sitting there. Oh, how was it? He, I can't remember. I was trying to become a, a part-time baker because I was like, I need to do something. Right. And okay. he thought I was there for theater. And we looked at each other, and we said, what are we talking about? And eventually he, he got me involved with his 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 the theater company there, but not, not like, oh, you're going to be a designer or anything. He, he gave me a, a, a nine to five job. He gave me every 
rotten, terrible task to do. Mm. Not not in a way of like being mean, yeah. but like, you know, I need someone to take out the trash. I need someone to paint over the graffiti. I need someone to clean the, the garden. I need someone to do this, which eventually gave me purpose, which then, you know, gave me a little bit more to do. And then I got a little bit involved with the with the theater the theater part because all they did was panto at the time. Yeah. And it may, it was a big reevaluation. It was I enjoy certain I realized this I enjoy this aspect but not that. Right. You know? And it was from there that I slowly got my got my feet under myself and, you know, here I am today. Still involved in the arts, but not in the the stress and the hustle of regional theater or professional theater, mm-hmm. because you know maybe at the, now it's not really my personality. I want to help others succeed. Yes, I I enjoy my interactions with the students. They may not always enjoy their interactions with me. <laughs> well, you know when you're the guy giving them the grade, yeah. but it's. It's such a much more rewarding kind of thing because at least there I'm at the ground floor. At least I had my say and being like, here, I know this works. Yeah. Make yeah. it whatever it is. Yeah. You know, there, there are things that my, my teachers from back in the day, I, I couldn't even remember. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one or two things maybe kind of stuck with me. But um, so I don't know how we ended up in that rabbit hole. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh, uh, well, one of the things, and 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 um, this has been a fantastic conversation. Uh, one of the things that I know we 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 had talked about, and we said we should save it for 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 this conversation, mm-hmm. was talking about the recent explosion, shall we say, of inclusivity. Mm-hmm. The the recent. I don't want to say it's awakening because it's kind of silly because it's always been there. Mm-hmm. The people have always been there of, of, of a predominance of people of color yeah. now that are being seen in TVs and film yeah. and, and coming much more to the forefront. And we had talked about um, the, the racial divide when it came to, there was a, I, I've, I've talked to Jim Streeter about this, mm-hmm. who's a Princeton, and he has a very definitive opinion about it. Um, and it was about an article written by um, a woman at the Globe Theater whose, whose name escapes me right now. But it was about the, how theater design was discriminatory. Right. Costuming, lighting, yeah. scenery, and, and things like that. And I know that you had an opinion about that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious to know, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if, if I exchanged the article with you, if you had had the opportunity to read it. No, I, no, I didn't get to read it, but we did start talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember I said to you that, um, for me personally, in Trinidad, mm-hmm. because we are so culturally mixed, that um, I was always aware, once I got involved in the theater, that technically what has to happen with different shapes mm-hmm. and, and shades of people because we have so many different shapes and shades mm-hmm. and what that means to like a lighting designer mm-hmm. um, and Benny Gomes who was he's from Trinidad and he's very aware of that because 
he always says things, you know, like, you can't put that certain colors on black people. Mm-hmm. Because it it will not, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just, and it's not that, it's not a, it's a real thing, but it's not a real thing. Okay. For, for us here in Trinidad, because it's just a fact. Right. If you put a black person under this light, they will look really strange. Right. You switch them out, and you same light, and you put a white person, and it will work. So now, if your cast or your dancers or whatever it is is made up of an ethnic mix, you have to find the balance. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with costuming. Certain colors on certain body shades will not work. Mm-hmm. And you just it's just a fact. You have to be aware of it. So from a Trinidad point of view, it has never been a race issue. Okay. It was just always been a what is visually right. Okay. And what is visually wrong. Right. I, I read about... A lot of what is happening outside in mm-hmm. America, in in the UK, and sometimes I read those articles and I think I have no clue what the fuss is about. Mm-hmm. And then, but I've learned to read them now from putting myself in their shoes mm-hmm. and thinking, I understand, mm-hmm. I understand. And then you kind of look back on the work and you think, Wow, yes, this is um, this is a thing. This is a thing, and how are we dealing with it? Mm-hmm. How are we dealing with um, something? I think I mentioned it to you that I realized the other day in looking at a lot of John Wayne movies. I just started looking at a lot of John Wayne. Right. And I like, my God, what is wrong with John Wayne? In most of his movies, he's always hitting a woman. Uh-huh. We're now in the Me Too time of life. John Wayne and John Wayne's style of acting and his movies will not work now. Mm-hmm. The man, John Wayne, to exist now, oh my God, his movie career will be really short. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you know, like, so, as in, like, probably one movie and people be like, no, you can't be making that kind of movie now. What is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. But back then, you look at it and you think, okay, he just slapped her, he just took her and, you know, gave her some slaps on her bottom, he pushed someone in the face and I was like, wow. We have changed. We are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it has to be a global change because in as much as from our corner here in Trinidad, it's not um, an issue to the extent that it is outside. Mm-hmm. We still, however, need to be aware. Mm-hmm. Because if we have performers from here who want to leave and go out there, they have to be aware. In Trinidad, you can be all these different shades and in in a corner, you can be considered a white person. Mm-hmm. And you can leave Trinidad, go out into the big wide world, and they would... You're a black person. It's that final line. And you will be... You will not get the rules that you probably thought, well, in Trinidad, I could have played a white person. I go to the world and go, what do you mean I can't play the white guy anymore? Right. What, what happened? You have to be aware. I, I am. I, 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 I tell the funny story that um, when I first got here, people didn't know my name, right? Yeah, you know, mm. pretty common. Yeah. And uh, it was always, um, 
it was always the the first couple of times was hey white boy yeah which I take no offense to because it's not said in an offensive way right. as well that's a, that's the thing to remember in Trinidad calling a white person a white boy it's not a racial slur it's not meant to be offensive it's just there's a white boy in front of me I don't know his name I need to communicate <laughs> with him now so hey white boy <laughs> eventually when you know if we should be crossing paths often uh-huh. I get to know well white boy's name is Richard right and you will change from white boy to Richard absolutely absolutely it's it's of the of the things that I, I, I of, of how I put my Americanness aside you know Trinidad has been very helpful for me to be much more open to kind of what's going on because I know that I've, I, I felt very insular for a long time. Like, no, this is my world. This is what it has to be and, mm-hmm. and things like that. It's like, no, no, you're missing the flavor. You're missing the taste of, of what's going on. You don't necessarily have to embrace it and say, oh, this is kumbaya. We're all going to get yeah. along. No, you don't have to. But let, let's be realistic here. You know, you know you're here. Get involved, you know. See what happens. See what's going on, and this 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 idea of of, of lighting, mm-hmm. you know, it's you don't become aware of what your habits are until you're not in a place where you get to do those same habits, and you realize these habits don't necessarily comply with what's going yeah. on. Uh, you know, I'm brought up in a, I'm educated in a way that lighting is like this. Yeah. It's, you know, plan A. Now I'm in a place. Where I'm not the dominant skin color, as you say, lots of colors, lots of, yeah. of shades, and, and things like that. So, how I have to be able to adapt. Yeah. My I, I equate that with my teaching. The first year was a disaster because I was like, no, it ha- must be this way. Yes. And the, the people who are like, no, 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 no. You sir are no longer in America. Yeah, exactly, and. Instead of instead of being like, no, well, I, I can't do that. It was like, okay, I, I was hopefully wise enough mm. to be like, okay, you teach me. You, you show me. Yeah. Help guide me. Let me make my mistakes. And, and over time, I mean, it, it's not something that, you know, you, you flip a switch and, it, and it, it comes about. Yeah. But now, I'm a, now I feel like... Oh, okay. Here, let me pay a little bit more attention. Yeah. Let me let me be a little bit more cognizant of. Because it's like when when um, Black Panther came out, mm-hmm. and they were making all the fuss about you know this big blockbuster movie, and it has you know this cast of of black people and mm-hmm. a black director and the actors talking about you know being on set and seeing um, being so comfortable because they're seeing their own. And I couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. I I thought to myself, what is the big deal? Because once again, like I said, in Trinidad, we it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's an all inclusive. It's it's an it's an all inclusive. So that when I I couldn't get it, and then I it took me a long long time, and eventually I just thought, okay, just think about what the work that is out there. Mm-hmm. And the diversity, if it exists, what is the level that it exists at? And then look at it from, listen to what these actors are saying, 
and kind of figure it out. And I saw the movie and I thought, okay, I guess I understand what, I guess I understand the big deal. But because for me personally, um, color has never been an issue. Okay. Uh, it will never be an issue. So I don't see it until it's put in front of my face. Mm. And for Black Panther and that Wakanda forever, it was put out there and it, it was kind of used as promotional fodder, I found. Okay. And I thought, okay, the, the race thing is being promoted more than the movie. It's bigger than the movie now at this point in time. Right, the story that, eventually becomes secondary. Yeah, is the... this a good thing? Is what's, what's happening here? Well, but in, in the quest for diversity, mm-hmm. um, I guess in that time, mm-hmm. at that point in time in the world, it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. Because, you, you know, the Me Too was happening and, and everything else was happening. And that it was a good time to say, let's not forget that on some world stages, the color is still an issue. Oh, I agree. I agree. I think... I think there's, there are times where, in in some people's intent, good intentions, mm-hmm. they end up, not necessarily doing the wrong thing, but they end up saying, "Look, we're all inclusive. Look, we have this person," and it's like, "No, no, no, no. You're you're missing the point. That's not the point. The point isn't to be like, hey, I'm putting my arm around on someone and they're here for an hour and then I'm going to go leave.' Yeah, it's like." This has to be kind of a, not an all-the-time thing, but a more often type of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, it, and, you know, we're, we as a people are slow. We're real slow, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's just, it, it, it takes a lot of kicking and, and screaming and, you know, and what, which, is, which is, you know, we, you thought when... when I don't mean to delve too much into politics, but when we had President Obama, mm-hmm. you would think, oh, my God, what a huge step. What a huge leap. Yes. What, a, what an amazing... That, I, 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 I recognize that for what that was. I was like, wow. Yeah. We, holy crap. We really made a statement. Yes. And boy, did all of a sudden, did we do a 360. And... You know, well, yeah, yeah. I got my. And, we, and we got our opinions on we're that. Not, we're not talking about that one, folks. We're not. <laughs> no, no, we'll talk about anything else. <laughs> but it was like you know, for for a brief moment, you know, the world made a little bit of sense. It was like you know what we really, you know, we took a really two steps really majorly forward. And it, I think it helped too that um, he was good. Oh, he, and, he checked and, all the boxes. Yes, and his wife. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that that's that that I think was one of the 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 other really great thing was they were equals. Yes. You you never had a sense that, you know, it, either one was really in charge. Per no, se. because the thing is, if if at the end of his time, you know, people could wish that Michelle Obama could run for president, you know, that this was a power couple. Mm-hmm that led the United States of America and 
uh, the legacy that they have left behind is a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so it it is a it's one of those moments of yes, because you know, I thought about it. If it had ended badly, mm-hmm. there are horrible people out there who would have said, "You see, you put a man of color, and that's what happens," mm-hmm. because that's did oh the the vultures are there. They're yeah. just waiting. Yeah, you want diversity. You want diversity. Look, take the diversity. Mm-hmm. But you know what? As soon as something goes wrong, I'm going to point the finger and to I told you so. Right. And well, those, you know, those are dangerous people who just need to, you know, find a hole and jump in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bury themselves in it because right. no. Yeah, uh, it's it's being away from America has definitely changed my changed me. I, I, I can't go back to I, I wouldn't want to go back to what I what I who I was mm-hmm. that person is long gone at this yeah. point now you know now it's like forward I want to go forward I want I want more of this different I want more of this you know this flavor or however you want to whatever descriptive word you want to use yeah. but um, uh, it is we have talked for almost two hours yay and we could probably keep going for two more yeah for two more we bust out the drinks that that's the next podcast we're doing we're doing yes. we're doing uh, uh, our own drunk history <laughs> I let everybody know he promised me a drunk history version and um, I had an end of ginger ale oh, that I brought oh. myself oh. letting everybody know oh okay. you, was that you throwing me under the bus yes oh yep well there's the bus there's you hey Richie oh <laughs> Well, you next know, time. drinks are on me. Next time. And I'm only doing this next time with if it's Drunk History. Drunk History. <laughs> uh, excellent. I love it. All right. Um, again, thank you, Giselle. Most uh, welcome. It, is, it has been a, 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 an experience. Um, you're one of my favorite people. Yeah. I'm going to cry. Uh, no, 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 no. Anyway, um, uh, so is there anything, anything else you'd like to, to end with? Any, anything you'd like to, to, to close this off? Last word? I just want... Um, I want the world to be a better place. I know it sounds really cliche and corny, but every day that's one of the things I pray for, that somehow the world can be a better place. And I think it, will probably, it starts with me making my little space in it. Mm-hmm. a better place and hope that I influence somebody else and they do and they do and they do and one day I may not be here to see it but we're going to get there we must <laughs> <laughs> and on that yeah we'll call it a day Hey everyone, thank you for joining us on this latest episode of the podcast. Remember, this podcast is listener supported, so wherever you get it, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. This podcast can be found on such platforms as iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions, we can be reached at archivett24 
at yahoo.com. Again, that's A-R-C-H-I-V-E-T-T-24 at yahoo.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Archiving Technical Theater History. We appreciate you listening. Talk to you soon.